This is really a special evening for us uh, and a unique evening because the first church plant didn't get anything like this. Uh, There wasn't a church plant before them uh, that the next church plant could ask questions of. And so that's kind of the purpose tonight. We want to give some more information, but we also want to answer questions about the upcoming uh, church plant next year, Lord willing, Lord willing. And by the way, I say Lord willing because the elders are all committed that uh, if for whatever reason it's necessary, we will tap the brakes on this. Uh, It's just too important that we do it right. Uh, Getting, uh, launching at a time that we think is best is not the priority. And so right now, it looks like uh, we're on track for June, but um, we certainly want to follow the Lord on that. So we've asked Ryan Allen and Brent Osterberg and Carrie Osterberg, uh, and Leah was not able to come tonight, and she's home discipling the children, and and of course, Keith, uh, Keith, of course, Keith is here. So Keith, it's all yours. All right. Will you guys come up? Uh, sure. We'll have him keep that one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, Brent, I'm going to ask this first question to you, and then the rest will be for all of you. And just so you all know, uh, I've prepared several questions. I've asked several people to help me think of questions that would be beneficial for everyone uh, to listen to. I seeded them those questions ahead of time. So they could be thinking about them. I'm going to ask them this list of prepared questions, and they're great questions. Uh, They'll answer them, and then uh, after that, we'll have a time, and and hopefully, uh, Lord willing, plenty of time for you guys to ask some questions as well from the floor. Um, But we'll we'll start out with these. And the first one is just for Brent, and I know a lot of us maybe weren't here when Living Hope was launched, and so I've asked Brent to share just a brief history of Living Hope Bible Church, and if you could begin with like the time of preparation here at Calvary, and then briefly bring us up to the present and tell us just the status of things now. Thank you, brother. Am I on? Yes, I am. Um, first of all, I'm excited that this many people have showed up for a meeting about church planning. That, that it's, makes my heart glad that people care about the mission of God in Dallas-Fort Worth area and a solid church like Calvary planting more churches. That excites my heart, so thank you for being here. Um, as I think about the history, my, my wife, by the way, has done a great job of detailing some of the things that have taken place. I looked back in her journal this afternoon, and she had things going all the way back to 2013. Uh, with just things that started with the church plant, things that we needed uh, to be thinking about back then. So I started reading through through some of those and got my wheels turning. Um, Back, I'm going to say it's somewhere around maybe 2011, 2010, 2011. I was an associate pastor here, uh, and I went to Dan, and I said, if Calvary is going to plant a church, I would like to be the guy that you send out. And Dan said, that is great, brother. You're not ready. Uh, and so I, I, that was somewhere probably halfway. I, I was here nine years, associate pastors, probably somewhere in the middle, I think, when, whenever he told me that. And so I, I trusted the Lord with that and just keep your head down, be faithful to the Lord in the, the tasks he's given you. And, and when the time comes, then uh, trust the Lord with that as well. And so about, I'd probably say about two years went by before we started talking about it as elders and considering the possibility of another church plant. 
And that's when the elders decided to send me out to California in 2013 to Grace Advance, which was a, a newly formed um, initiative at Grace Community Church, where John MacArthur is pastor, a new initiative to help people, um, help pastors who wanted to be pastors of revitalizing churches and also church plants to train them up, to, to give them wisdom and what they needed to know in order uh, to best equip them for the task ahead of them. And so even though I wasn't a master's seminary graduate, they allowed me to come out and be a part of that two-month program. So in 2013, uh, we went out there for two months. My whole family, we packed up. We actually sold our house, and uh, we went out for two months to live in California and be trained uh, by the, the staff and other people at Grace Community Church for that purpose. While we were out there, and Dan talked about tapping the brakes a moment ago, we had to tap the brakes while we were out there. Um, just some leadership issues, uh, some things fell through, and so for about, I would say, six to eight months, we had to tap the brakes before we started back up on the process. And that was hard, but the Lord uh, gave us grace to trust him through that timing, so we had planned to move into Mansfield when we got back from California, but that was, that was not what God had in mind, so we actually rented a house that was um, in in a neighborhood just, just down the road from here. And in doing that, we actually, uh, that was one of the times that the Lord really helped us and grow, grew us spiritually to prepare us for the time that we would be planning a church. So uh, that was a time of preparation that we didn't foresee that we needed, but the Lord knew we needed it. So that was another probably uh, 20 months before we actually planted. And I'm looking at my notes here. So, um, 2014 is when the process for church planning started back up again, and about that time, we started a Thursday night study. So every Thursday night, we would meet down there in Mansfield. We actually met in the Wabersons' home in their living room. They had a, a house that was big enough to accommodate our core group, and so we started going through different, um, different books together that I taught through that we thought were pertinent to helping a church plant uh, be as educated and as equipped as possible for the task of church planning. So uh, we went through books like The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. We knew that we were going to have conflict, that we're sinners in a local church. Let's be prepared ahead of time and know what to do there. Um, a book on evangelism from the Nine Marks guys. We, uh, we did a book on the Trinity just to be very foundational in our theology. Things like that to prepare us. And so we, that was probably nine to ten months of doing that while we were still here at Calvary, and we were uh, attempting to, to make that slow transition. Um, the, the transition to a church plant was actually a pretty long one because we did want to do it right. We wanted to make sure that we weren't making any foolish mistakes, that we weren't being hasty, and so there was a lot of prayer, a lot of deliberation that went into that, and I'm glad for that. Uh, in that last year before the, the church plant uh, actually launched in 2014 into 2015, that's when uh, Les Trammell began to pursue eldership. And um, Ryan agreed to be our music minister in the, that was December of 2014. I just saw that date in Carrie's, in Carrie's journal today. And so we, that was a huge find and a huge uh, gift from the Lord in Ryan. And that was, uh, that was 2014. Also, uh, in the spring of 2015, we were able to secure a, a facility, a location for us to meet in. It was a, some of you have been there, actually. Uh, Troy Dorsey's Karate School. We were there for two years, set up and tear down. And it was actually, uh, though it was a lot of hard work, it was a sweet time for us. A lot of camaraderie as we were serving next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, uh, sacrificing for the Lord's, uh, the Lord's commission. So that was, a, that was a great time, even though it was hard. But we, we got Troy Dorsey's Karate School in that spring, and 
we, uh, we started uh, kind of saying our goodbyes then that spring. And we had our last Sunday here at Calvary, the last Sunday of May of 2015. And we had a kind of what you'd call probably a soft launch in uh, June, June 7th, 2015. And that was just us as a core group doing one service together in the karate studio before we opened our doors. And the next week on the 14th is when we officially opened up to the public as a church. So uh, that was June 14th, 2015. So it's been four years, uh, four amazing years and four years of grace and providence from the Lord. And uh, I know much in part to the prayers of this church. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Also, um, we had in the first two years we were in Troy's Karate School, there was a lot of busyness, a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, there, was, there was evangelism, there was door-to-door, there was park outreach, uh, there was Wednesday night prayer meetings that we had, and that, those were sweet times. Those were sweet times, and, and we look back on those with fondness. And we were also doing setup and teardown, and there was, there was all kinds of little things that you don't realize that they get done here at Calvary. All of a sudden, when you plant a church, you're like, oh, someone's got to do that. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of thing. Just that, that, that's, that probably should come later. We'll, we'll give you a little uh, bit of an encouragement and a warning. There are lots of things that go around here. You don't see the people doing them, but they get done and somebody is doing them. That's not like little gnomes crawling around the church that do that for you, okay? Uh, so that was uh, the first two years were hard and busy but wonderful. And Ryan was installed as an elder um, right in January 2017. We had not left the karate studio yet. But he was installed as elder. Um, he had his, his uh, I looked in December, it was whenever you did your exam here at this church in this room. And then uh, you were installed in January of 2017. And about that same time, we heard about the facility that we're now in. We, it, was, uh, it was something that we, we were looking for, a, a place that was more permanent, where we didn't have to set, set up and tear down every single week. And this church building, if you've not been down there, it is very close to where Troy Dorsey's Karate School is. It's on, uh, it's on almost four acres. It's an old church building. I think they built it, uh, the original part of the structure, in 1967, if I believe that's correct. So 1967 on that property. And uh, a church had been there previously, and they were renting it out from another church in Arlington. That church in Arlington um, reached out to us after we had originally uh, contacted them. They, uh, we, we just kind of wrote off that church as a possibility because we had contacted them. We didn't hear anything for about two months. We got a call from them saying, hey, listen, um, this church was given to us as a gift, and so the people who gave it to us always wanted a church to be on this property. So we're reaching out to you and seeing if you want to buy it before we put it on the market. And so that's huge. If you know anything about Mansfield, real estate in Mansfield is crazy right now. A lot of people want to get into Mansfield. Real estate is very expensive in Mansfield. And so the price that we actually ended up getting the church and the land for uh, was ridiculous in terms of uh, everybody keeps telling me that's a steal. And I, and I agree. It was a gracious provision from the Lord that we did not anticipate uh, being able to get into a permanent facility that early on. And so we give all praise and glory to God for that. We got into that building uh, two years ago, June two years ago. So that was uh, 2017, June, and there was a lot of, uh, we had to get that building up to code, and there's a lot of um, rigmarole going on with that. But uh, when we, we got in, we started, uh, we kind of pushed the accelerator on putting ministry on the, the, the calendar, and we put a lot of ministry on the calendar. And we're currently in the process, so we've, we've kind of pulled back on some of that stuff we put on the calendar because we realized it was, it was too much too fast. And so we had to actually pull back on some of that because um, we were acting more like a medium-sized church. 
and instead of a small church. And so uh, that's kind of, we're, we're in a place right now where we've, we've pulled back and our, our people are, I, I think, feeling less of a burnout than uh, they did early on in that building whenever we, we put so much on the calendar. Right now, um, we're in a, in a, a glorious place. Uh, we've, it's slow growth uh, in terms of numerical growth, but the Lord is building this church, and we've, we've believed that from the beginning. And I'll talk more about uh, that as a comfort to us here in a few minutes. But uh, we've seen people uh, be established in the faith. We've seen people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And though we've had people come and people go, and it's hard and gut-wrenching at times, um, it is something that we've seen God's grace uh, given in that's made his grace stark, obvious uh, for us to see. And so we can boast in his grace more more clearly because we see his grace more clearly. And that is kind of where we are. And um, we can, I think right now, because we have so many people that are not from Calvary who are now in our church, we can no longer assume that they know a lot of the things that you are being taught now in your church. So we come from a healthy, established church that did a great job helping people know truths, have, have sound doctrine, and pursue biblical maturity in the faith. Uh, and so a lot of the people don't have that in the church that they came from previously. And some people, you know, they, they've come to us and they've, they've become believers. And uh, one man I'm discipling right now, he wasn't in church previously. He, he, came, uh, he became a Christian and started coming to church. And so it's, it's, a, it's a glorious thing to be able to teach people these foundational uh, truths of the Christian life and be a part of that uh, from the ground up as they seek to grow in faithfulness to the Lord. So that, that was what you're looking for? That was great. All right. Praise God. Thank you for that. Um, So now I'll ask these questions for all of you. Caveat to start. You don't all have to answer each of them. And especially, I assume, some of your answers to some of the questions will also be your answers to other questions that I ask. So no need to repeat if if you don't want to. Okay? We'll just feel this out together. I'm sure it'll work. Um, What have been some of the greatest blessings for you personally in being part of the church plant? I'll jump in. Oh, that's loud. Um, First of all, I just also want to say what a joy it is to be here. Um, Talk about just feeling encouraged, being around the people of God, Um, brothers and sisters who I haven't seen in a long time. So thank you all for having us. It's a joy. Um, I think... As I was thinking through this question in particular, just the way in which the Lord exposed weaknesses in me personally um, to to say, uh, you've got room to grow in these some of these spiritual disciplines in particular. So thinking about um, the one another commands or evangelism, um, prayer, <laughs> uh, as you're sent out and doing this thing. Uh, as we have, you, you see very clearly and very early your, your inadequacy and your deficiency and your need for grace. And so um, that's been a huge blessing, um, just having the Lord reveal that and then give grace to grow and change. Um, and then as far as uh, some of the challenges, a big one for me personally was um, managing time. So um, it's very fun and exciting to be a part of a, of a new church plant, and there's a lot of stuff to be done. And so I, I think I messed up early on by not managing time between responsibilities at church, responsibilities at home, responsibilities at work um, well. And so uh, that was something as well that I had to learn um, 
of being a part of, of living hope, um, how to best do all those things in the way that most pleases the Lord, brings glory to him. So those are a couple for me. That's good. Thank you, brother. Yep. Yeah, and feel free if y'all want to take personal blessings and challenges together in your answer. That's good. Thank you, Ryan. One of the things that uh, I thought of in, in terms of a, a challenge, and I'll talk to blessings here in a moment, but um, it's always hard to see people leave. And we, we've had uh, a number of families leave over the last four years. And it doesn't matter for what reason they leave. It's always hard. It always feels um, like a gut punch just because you have poured yourself into these people. They've poured themselves into you. And uh, it feels like um, it's... Uh, It feels like, uh, um, it's, it's hard to explain. Uh, I had a friend once tell me whenever he left a church, it felt like a funeral. And uh, in, in some ways, I could say that's, that's true, just because you love these people and you've seen them uh, grow and you've seen God do great things in them, and they've been such a, a big part of your life for so long uh, and in such an intense way. To see them walk away is, is difficult. No matter, I mean, we, we had a, a family that we love dearly, the Lambs, who you know, they, they left and oh, on great terms. And they're in Oklahoma and they're serving their local church faithfully. We love that. But man, that was hard. Um, you get to serve with them uh, and you get to see so many ups and downs and be in uh, the mountain peaks and the valleys with them and weep with them and rejoice with them. And then they leave. It's, it's just, it's very, very hard. So that, in terms of challenges, that's, that, that's something that I, I, I struggle with uh, um, whenever, especially when I think back on that. I, I can't think about it too long, you know, because it is, it is difficult. Um, on another front, though, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a glorious thing to meet new people. Mm. These people that have come to our church, I wouldn't have known them otherwise. I wouldn't get to, to talk to them about Jesus. I wouldn't get to um, preach to them and, he, and hear how the Lord is changing them and how um, discipleship is working out through the local church in their lives and pray with them and hear what God's, uh, God's doing and how he's humbling them. These are people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And so I think about the faces, uh, just this afternoon, thinking about the faces this morning that uh, the people that I talked to in our church service, those are people that the Lord has brought into my life because of church planting. And uh, I get to be a part of influencing them, and they, to me, because we understand that the local church is, is us being used by God for their good and vice versa, um, that's because of God's grace, and that's because of his sovereignty and leading this church plant to take place, and it's part of what Christ is doing to build his church. And so meeting these new people and being used by God as instruments um, in his hand for their good and for the glory of God has been amazing. Um, and um, some of you may have met Cody Mills. He's our... He's our intern. Uh, we, we hired an intern a few months ago who works uh, one day a week at the office with me. And uh, he's a young man. He's got a young family, two young children. Uh, he's in real estate, but he's also getting his bachelor's of biblical studies at the Master's University online. And um, so he works for us, and he just preached a sermon recently for us, and he teaches Sunday school. And he does, he does you know, the things that I used to do when I was an intern here, right? Just anything you can think of, miscellaneous, you know, mule, whatever. Um, so he's... He's, uh, but he's a wonderful young man of God. We love Cody. And so I love the fact that um, I get to do with Cody what Pastor Dan did with me for so many years, which is uh, influence and train and equip for ministry because he wants to go into the pastoral ministry. I love that. That's one of my, the, one of my favorite parts of the job. Uh, and uh, Ryan, tell, tell them how Cody came to our church. Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. So we... Uh 
by God's providence, bought the house across the street from them uh, in Mansfield and uh, just started having conversations with them, getting to know our neighbors and that sort of thing. And Jeff Lamb came by and uh, met Cody as well, and we just hit it off. And so shared a book with him by Mark Dever, and uh, it was just, it's, it's cool to look back and see how the Lord planned and, and worked all that out um, to bring Cody and Erica and their family to be part of our church. So it's great story. Really sweet. Uh, that Talk about Providence, right? That he moved across the street. And, and you guys aren't even in the house anymore. It was like you moved in there for a year and moved somewhere else just so that Cody could come to our church. So, yeah. That was the whole reason, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Carrie, what about you? Um, so we'll start with the challenges. Um, I guess I didn't realize how busy we were really going to be. It's one thing to say you're going to be busy and know that you're going to be busy, but then to actually live busy was hard. Um, and, you know, I have a little bit of a different um, view just because I am married to the pastor who is one of the elders. So any meeting that took place or anything that had to be done, he was gone or he was out doing it, you know, with the other elders. Um, but it was, it felt like it was every night of the week. It felt like it was all the time. And I started to feel, you know, when are we going to have our family time? When, when are we a family? When do we have, you know, our family unit just together, just us? When's date night again? Because that hasn't happened for a while. Um, so just to be so, so busy right up front and just to, to be walking through it um, felt different than just knowing that you were going to be busy. Um, and in the realm of challenges also for my kids, um, you know, Brent and I were ready for the sacrifices and we were ready for what the Lord was asking us to lay down, but it didn't really occur to me that we were asking our kids to sacrifice a lot too. Um, and they didn't really get a say. It was just, this is what we're doing, so get in the car. Um, but there is a certain, you know, there's no, there's no youth group, there's no Awana. Um, there's actually very few children that are my kids' ages. Um, we're very close to the Allen family, but I have one kid in particular who doesn't have anyone his age. So um, that has been hard just to, and in the realm of people leaving, you know, having to sit with the kids and explain to them that your friends are leaving. And it's, it's hard when you understand the reasons why and having to walk through that with them, but it's even harder when you don't really understand the reasons why people are leaving the church and you have to sit and, and talk and explain to your kids um, how to have a godly attitude about it when you're, you're preaching it to yourself too. Um, so I guess I just didn't really think about the kids and the sacrifices that they were going to have to make. But I will say um, I was also have been praying that the Lord would grow my children closer together as siblings, um, that he would unite their hearts so that even when they're adults, they're going to want to talk to each other and want to hang out with each other and be with each other. So the fact that there aren't a lot of friends has actually made them each other's best friend, which has been so sweet to watch. And the friends that they do have are really good friends. And they're also friends with people that aren't their age um, to watch my 12-year-old prefer to take the two-year-olds out to the swing is probably not something that would have happened if they weren't forced to, you know, <laughs> um, or to see uh, kids of all ages having conversations with adults, like that just doesn't always happen, but you look over and they're, you know, they're playing with, um, you know, the adults out there on the swings. That's really sweet. So while it is hard, I think there have been some definite benefits um, to it also. Um, and as far as blessings, 
my favorite thing has been to watch people, um, let's see, let me start over, to watch the gifts that God has given them to emerge that maybe we didn't know was even there. And I'm actually going to pick on Ryan for a second because I don't know um, if you guys knew, but when they were at Calvary, I mean, I knew of them. They taught Awanas, you know, they taught Cubbies. I knew they were there. You know, Leah's really sweet, but that's pretty much all I knew about them. Come to find out, we were looking for someone to lead worship, and we tried a couple people on, and they didn't quite fit. And so all of a sudden, did you know that Ryan Allen plays guitar? I was like, no. Did you know he could sing? No. Did you know he used to lead worship? I had no idea. I mean, here he is right under our noses, and we had no idea that he was even there. Well, at least I didn't. I mean, that's me personally. I had no idea. Um, And that was just... And, you know, he didn't really have the opportunity necessarily because, you know, we had a worship team in place. He didn't have an, a reason to, to bring that forward. But um, he is an amazing worship leader. I have been blessed time and time again by his leadership and worship. And and I don't think that would have been an opportunity he would have had otherwise. And I think of um, Leighton and Ben. They didn't even play djembe. They, had, they didn't even play percussion. And so Brent approached them and was like, hey, ever thought of trying to play the drums? I mean, and both of them was like, no, what do you mean? And they are amazing percussionists. Um, they're, they're very gifted by the Lord at what they do. So to just see these kind of hidden gifts emerge has been a wonderful blessing. And who knew that Catherine Hinkle could lay flooring? I mean, we had a, a church work day, and all the men were kind of like, yeah, we need to lay the floor. And Catherine comes in with a baby on her hip, by the way, and starts laying floor, and we're all like, you can do that? Who knew that she could do that? So just to watch our people kind of blossom and, and step forward because there is no one else. We need someone to fill this. And so people are, are stepping forward and the, and the Lord is equipping them as they do has, has been a real blessing. Um, it was Jeff Lamb who saw the guitar in your house, right? So we can, we, uh, yes, it was Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'll be looking at your homes closely. <laughs> You know how to use that drill. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a lot of really wonderful stuff to chew on there. Thank you. Um, so I've asked you about the greatest challenges and blessings for you personally. Uh, but what, what about what you see um, for other members of your church and maybe especially others who went out from Calvary on the church plant? Uh, what do you perceive have been the greatest blessings and or challenges for them, for others. You know, maybe you guys have a unique uh, position that you're both elders, you're pastor's wife. Um. I was speaking with Cody, in fact, today about this question, and one of the things he shared that was really helpful, um, and I think there'll be a lot of themes that kind of are recurring tonight, but um, he left, when he came to Living Hope, he left a very large church, Mm -hmm. um, several services, uh, I mean, quite a few, um, probably 100, if not 1,000 people. Um, and so he talked about just a, a, the huge blessing of being in such a tight-knit group of people, seeing those same people multiple times a week, um, growing closer in your friendship, but also uh, praying for the same people over and over again. Um, he just talked about the blessing of the depth of relationship uh, that he's enjoyed, he and his wife have enjoyed uh, at our church, just because it is a smaller group of people. So that's one. Good. Thank you. And I heard uh, Cody's wife, Erica, say this one time, 
um, how when they came to our church, and we, we do the same thing that Calvary does in that we encourage people to stay after the service and get into each other's lives and pray for each other right there, like in, in the moment. And so uh, people started doing that um, and are, are continuing to be faithful to do that each, each week. And Erica said, yeah, whenever we first came to your church and started visiting, that was really kind of strange. You know? um, and we, didn't have, we didn't see that happen in other churches. That was, that was new to her. But um, just being around it for so long now, she appreciates it. That's something that um, she enjoys about our church, you know, that it is set apart. Um, but uh, it's, it's, not, it, it's strange, but not strange in a weird way for her anymore. Um, so I, I enjoyed hearing that testimony from her. Yeah, and um, I was, yeah, I, I just think there's the, there's a closeness that comes with working hard together. Um, I I talked about you know, setting up and tearing down in the karate school. Uh, there's so in the karate school, the the room where we actually had our church service, uh, the, it's it's wall to wall mats, karate mats, and so when we we got there. Um, Troy Dorsey had not lifted up those mats in like what 15 years he said I'm serious oh, no. it was like 15 years and so we looked underneath there and it was it was really bad um, and so it's an old building too it's like from 1929 or something like that and uh, so we had to lay flooring down underneath those mats but every week we had to take those mats and we had to memorize the pattern of the mats and then take them into the other room and drag them back you know and uh, it was it, it was difficult but that kind of hard work you're you're working next to people week after week like that and there is a camaraderie that even now, um, Catherine Hinkle and I were talking the other day about there, we miss that. Even though it's hard work and, and there's a sense in which we are grateful that we don't have to do that from, from week to week, there, there is a camaraderie and a closeness we miss from that kind of uh, intense hard work at the beginning of a church plant. And so I, I think that's, uh, that closeness comes not just with um, seeing the same people all the time, but working with them toward the goal of having Christ be glorified and the Great Commission move on and proceed. So, yeah on anything. Yeah, challenges or blessings for others. I was just going to say quickly, um, a challenge that um, I feel myself, and I know others have felt uh, as introverts, um, is that can it be, it's, it can, you can find yourself just drained, exhausted. Um, and so that, that is something um, that I wasn't really prepared for. Um, and so I think just thinking about that, praying for strength, and then praying for the Lord to continue stretching and growing um, so that it doesn't become about me. Um, but it, can, it, it is a lot of time around a lot of people uh, doing a lot of things. And so it can be very tiring if, if you're an introvert. Um, and so I've, I know of a couple of others uh, at Living Hope who felt the same way. And we have a little support group. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is. It's anonymous. That's right. That's right. Just get together and sit quietly and don't look at each other. <laughs> Uh, but it is it it is it is a true aspect of yeah. doing something like this. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Well, now let the extrovert speak. <laughs> um, and it's funny we didn't compare notes beforehand, but that that actually was something that I wrote down. But from the extrovert extrovert's perspective, um, and that is just to to be patient with each other. Um, we all have a different capacity for work. Um, some of us can run hard and run fast for a really long time and never hit our wall um, or never feel like our plate's too small or we have too many things going on. But then other of us are get more tired easily or they do get drained or the, the walls are just closer than, you know, than other people. And so 
to not, to not judge others or, or be bitter, like, well, we're all here working, where are you? Or, well, we all showed up and, what do you mean it's the third night in a row? Is that a problem? I mean, <laughs> why can't you come? Why can't you be here? Um, but thankfully, the Lord helped me pretty early on to understand that um, with the help of a few friends. <laughs> to understand that it, you know, to not judge others or, or be upset about it, but just to trust them because love does believe all things after all. And so to just trust them that, okay, if they say they're too tired or they say they need a break, I'm going to pray for them and I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm still going to work hard because I, you know, the Lord has made it so I, I'm not tired today. So let's, you know, let's do it, but not be upset when people um, feel like they need a break or feel like they, um, you know, they need some time away from you. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you need your space? What is this? What are you talking about? Space from what? Um, so, I mean, just because the Lord has, I mean, each family unit is different and each individual is different. And so um, just to, to praise the Lord for being creative when he made us and to praise the Lord for his, um, the, just the creativity that he has stamped on each one of us and to use our gifts to our capacity, but not think that others should be using their gifts in a different way than what they are. Now, if, I mean, if there's like a obvious pattern of laziness or something like that, then, you know, the elders can handle that, but um, to not be, to not judge whenever you see that happening. That's good. Yeah, I, I would say as well that uh, uh, because so many people are wearing multiple hats, um, probably a challenge for them would be to try and prevent burnout, uh, doing multiple things for um, a long duration of time can, can lead to, to that kind of ministerial burnout. And so I would say that, that that's something to, to be aware of and to, to be sensitive to, that there's, there's not multiple options for people to, to head up this ministry or to take care of this need. Now, the, the person you're going to ask is already doing two or three other things, mm -hmm. and you have to know that. And uh, that's, that's not always easy because, you know, you, you hate to bring one more thing to another person who's been serving faithfully uh, that is, is tired. And so uh, I, I'd see that as probably a, a challenge that, yeah. that, I mean, we experience, but, but the rest of the body as well. That's good. Thank you, guys. Um, I want to pull on the thread uh, about the children a little more that Carrie brought up earlier. Um, just to give, if you want another opportunity and, and you two guys an opportunity to talk further about some of the ways that the plant has been uh, a challenge or blessing for your children and also for you as you seek to raise your children. And real quick, you guys have three kids who range from 8 to 12 and you four ranging from 13 to 2. 13 to two. Yeah. Oh, you got a woo. That's good. All right, so um, your children or on you as parents, your children, if you want to add anything. Um, Carrie touched on it earlier, but the, the challenge, and I, I keep jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Did you do blessings and challenges? Yeah, both. Okay, perfect. Both okay. go for it. You do whatever you want. Okay. I'll. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so having those conversations with the kids when a family decided to leave um, was not something we anticipated or had even given any planning to. So that was really difficult. Um, and it's, it's hard because you, you want to protect your kids. You want to shelter them. Um, you also don't want them to become bitter. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so walking through that took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of uh, counsel, Brent and I talking about things quite a bit, um, but just being open with them, being honest and trusting the Lord uh, that he would use that in their life. Um, that was a big one. Um, we also, Carrie mentioned as well, but um, just thinking about less less friends, less uh, just because the, the quantity of people is less, and so having that be a challenge. Some of the blessings, though, um, see my kids work really hard uh, and, and have a great time doing it. Um, I've got great pictures of them ripping up carpet with who knows what uh, underneath it yeah. from the building, uh, sp- spending time doing that, seeing them just serve. Um, and then sacrifice. We've talked about that a lot, too. Um, it's something that they've embraced. They, they love it. Uh, I, was asking, I got two of my kids here with me. I was asking them on the way here. You know, what have you guys thought about this? What's been hard for you? And what do you remember about Calvary? And, you know, it's like, oh, they have a really cool playground. (laughs) 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 But um, just to see them jump in, you know, they were out going door to door with us, passing out gospel tracts down in Catherine Rose Park. um, And just seeing them be involved has been a huge blessing. Uh, One of the things that I think about in terms of uh, a blessing for the kids is... uh, they, they get to see that Carrie and I are committed to Christ and his church. And I think that's extremely valuable. Uh, I remember a story that, that Al Muller told about his, his days growing up in the church and how he was just, when the doors were open, he was at church. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan and I were talking about this. Apparently, he, he was a, probably a teenager, and he went to his dad at, at the dinner table and said, Dad, I, I've decided that I don't want to be in the, in the choir anymore. And he said, son, you didn't join. Meaning, like, you're always part of it. Like, I made you be a part of this. You can't quit because you didn't join. And so uh, it makes me think about my, my kids. Just they're, they're up there all the time. They, they know that uh, what we're passionate about is Christ and his church. And um, I'm praying that the Lord would make that their passion as well. Mm-hmm. And that they would see that. And they remember dad and mom, um, they, they gave themselves for uh, the greatest good. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. Um, another really big blessing that I've noticed in at least one of my children um, is the love to evangelize. Um, because we had so many park outreaches, because we went door to door, it's very common for them to see daddy talking to a stranger about Jesus. And that's something I did not grow up with. So I still have a certain amount of fear when it comes to sharing the gospel that I have to kind of get over and kind of push myself through. But our daughter, Jane, I said eight. She's actually seven. She won't be eight until next month. But um, she, we were on the playground, and she comes over and says, I, I made a friend. And I said, oh, that's great. What's her name? And she said, I don't know, but I asked her if she loved Jesus. I'm like, oh, you did. Okay, well, what did she say? And she's like, oh, she said yes. And then we started talking about Jesus, and I thought, I, I don't know even I can do that as an adult. I'm almost 40, and I'm still like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go talk to this person, but, oh, I'm sweating, and I just don't think I can do And I'm the extrovert, right? So, um, and then also, well, and then just another really quick story. We were at Walmart, and this sweet old lady was just telling me my kids were actually being good by the grace of God. They were walking beside me in Walmart, and she came over and, and was like, oh, I just love to see children obeying. And I said, oh, thank you so much. You know, it is a blessing from the Lord. And then Jane pipes up, hey, do you go to church? Do you believe in Jesus? And I'm just like, mommy didn't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> but here we go. Yes. So 
<clears throat> if you were to stand before God today, like, you know, but it's, it's beautiful. I mean, she has no fear of people or of sharing the gospel. And well, don't we do that? Like, I mean, that's just what we do. Um, so that, that has been a blessing to, to watch the evangelism of the, of the young children. Um, what do you miss most about not being a part of an estab- more established church like Calvary? I went from an office of six people to an office of one. <laughs> Extrovert. That was difficult. Yeah, yeah. I prayed a long time leading up to that because I knew I was going to be in an office all by myself. <laughs> Just me and, and the Lord, you know. Um, that was... Uh, that was that was hard. I, I I love the office environment around here, you know, and uh, the the laughter. Even though I was uh, the object of the laughter, it didn't really matter. <laughs> it, it just it was fun. So, <laughs> no, but, but it, there were so many good relationships in the office that, that it's the Lord has graciously helped me. I have Cody now in the office, and so I've got somebody I One can talk week, to. Right? One day yeah, a week, yeah, right. yeah. But he he lives like on the same property as the church, so he comes over and stays okay. for school. So anyway, but yeah, that's that's something small. Uh, but I think in terms of of other things, uh, there's there's already a trellis here. And uh, if you've read the book, The Trellis and the Vine, you know what I mean. There's, there's a structure that is set in place. And, and so we're talking about administrative details. We're talking about ministry and pro- programs that, uh, that the, the life of the church, the people kind of hang on. Uh, so when we're talking about uh, the illustration is such that the structure of a church and all of the ministries and the administrative details is that, that trellis. And the vine that goes around the trellis is the people, the growth of the people. Well, when the trellis is there, if you've got that established, then you can really concentrate all your uh, or most of your attention on the people and the vine growth and helping them uh, become more, uh, more faithful disciples. And so uh, for us, as we're, we're building that trellis, that's something that we're, we're doing right now, and we're putting people in places of ministry over different ministries and making sure they have a certain amount of delegated authority. That's not my forte. Um, Ryan's really helping me with that, but you know, Ryan's got, he's got Chick-fil-A and he's got his family. And, and so we're trying to do that at the same time, but, um, that's, that's something I miss always having that trellis there to, to hang everything on. And right now we're having to build that. So that's something that, uh, that I thought of. Um, also, I think I already, already said this, but just limited options for ministry help. Like, um, there's, you turn to this person, this person's already doing multiple things. Yeah. And so, uh, there's a few things I just thought of. I would just add, um, so we don't have, we do a lot of things for the first time. Mm. So we miss uh, having experience uh, and people who have been around who have experienced things. Um, so we're asking ourselves a lot of questions like, how do we do this? And what needs to happen for this to happen? And all of it, thankfully, we, we come to Calvary quite often and ask those questions for insight and counsel. Um, something to really think about that, uh, that you're, you're, you know, blazing a trail, so to speak, and um, it can be challenging at times. It can be overwhelming if you, if you stay there and dwell there. Um, so just something to consider. That's good. Do you want to add anything? Um, I miss the older saints. Um, we, where it is right now, I am the older woman, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, and most people are either younger than I am or they are spiritually younger than I am. Um, so if not in age, then in, in spiritual maturity. And so it's hard because we, we lack older saints. And at Calvary, I could walk down the hall and stick up my arm and reach a dozen women that were 
older than me that were willing to pray with me and to give guidance and to give scripture and, and knew what I was going through and knew, or at least, you know, they, they had a kid that used to do that or um, even marriage or ministry or homeschooling or, or whatever. But now it, it's me and all the people that are around me are my age. So kind of like what Ryan said, when something comes up, we're looking at each other going like, well, I don't know. What are you, what are you doing? I don't know. Has anyone ever done this before? And no, it's, it's us. And so I really miss um, having someone older than me be around. And it's, it's a comfort. It's like having mom and dad there with you. It's comforting. It's an anchor. It's a, a foundation. And church planting is not a young person's game. Um, I um, I hope if there's any older saints here that you're not thinking, well, I've done, I've done my time. I taught Awana. I taught Sunday school. I, I did X, Y, and Z for so many years, and now I'm ready, you know, just to kind of coast into heaven. Um, we need you. The church plants need you, and um, there's so much wisdom to be gained and so much that I feel like um, I would love to have. There, there's no mentors um, around and um Rhiannon and I were actually we weren't laughing we, we were almost crying actually um about it at ladies bible study um and she this was after everyone had left and she was like remember the days when someone would ask a question and we all looked at Chris <laughs> and I was like those were the good days <laughs> and now someone asks a question and we all kind of look at each other and we're like uh you know or when it comes to kids like my kids are some of the oldest ones in the church and we're about to have a teenager so I mean, oh my goodness. So there's no one really around that has done that. And, you know, at Calvary, I mean, so many of you have so many kids that are so much older than our kids. So there's at least someone out there that has at least one of their kids that went through something that one of my kids is going through or that's similar. And we, we don't have that um, at Living Hope right now you know, by the Lord's design. So, but I would, I mean, I know we're going to get to encouragements and all that at the end, but if you are an older saint that is here, I think that you should really consider going just because of the stability and the foundation and the, the wisdom, not to be an elder, not even to lead, but just, just to be there and to be um, someone who can, can pray and help to guide. I think that's invaluable. That's good. Thank you. Um, so th this has come up several times in several of your answers, so if you have nothing to add, that's okay, but I uh, want to give you a platform if you do want to talk further about the fellowship of being at a much smaller church setting. Um, not only you're much smaller, you're also a church plant. That's kind of unique also. So can you talk about some of the challenges and joys, um, anything additionally you'd like to share about the challenges and joys of the fellowship in that kind of setting? Um, I would say that because we're a small church, we feel everything more acutely. So think of uh, all of the celebrations that you get to have, um, the, the, the things that you rejoice in as a body together. Well, you feel how ecstatic that is more acutely. Well, you also feel the trials more because you're so close, because you everybody is and everybody's business, in a good way, okay? But because we're such a small church, you, you feel all of those, like the, the, the valleys are that much deeper and the, the mountains are that much higher. Um, when, when there's sin, you feel that too. 
and uh, you feel the effects of that, whether you know that it's sin or not, people are you know, acting different perhaps, and, and so you feel everything um, with, with greater severity or uh, with, with great height in terms of emotion, whereas in a bigger church, um, you can you cannot know that things are going on. There's there, there's uh, different kind of groups and and there's I guess there's more padding if you will, more uh, social padding. But uh, with a small church, um, you know, it in that sense it's it's harder in some ways, but it's also blessed because you get to feel that. You you know what it is to weep with those who weep in in a different way, maybe a, a more intense way. You know what it's it's like to rejoice with those who rejoice. Because uh, that person, uh, there's, there's only so many other people that, per- that person can talk to in the room on a Sunday morning, and you're standing right there. So you're going to hear about whatever it is that's going on in their lives, and you're going to feel that too. And uh, so I, I, I find that hard but wonderful at the same time. Um, it's, uh, it's something that, that I love. I, I, because our church is the size that it is, I don't even have to write down prayer requests. I go, I, I, these people pop into my mind. I go through the, you know, the mental directory, and I already know what's going on in their lives because uh, we have that small church that's, oh, that's why I need to pray for, for that person in this way and that person in this way uh, because we are that small church. And so there, there is a, um, um, you, you feel those relationships to the nth degree, and that's a good thing. That's good. Um, have you been surprised by anything out on the plant? different than what you expected it would be? Yeah, Brent alluded to it earlier, but just the amount of work and all the little things that go into planning and preparing and executing um, was surprising. Um, we knew it was going to be hard work and we knew it was going to be busy, but there is quite a bit that um, just always these keep on happening. And then guess what? Sunday's coming again and Wednesday's coming again. And so it's, uh, it, is, it was surprising in that sense. Um, I think that's it for me. All of a sudden you find out how many things Phil McKenzie does. <laughs> or Jason Cruz. <laughs> yeah, Jane Oliver, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I think that I, I didn't, and this is harder, but um, I didn't expect our core group to depart so quickly. Um, we'll get to the numbers here in a minute because I think so, somebody asked about, about numbers, and we'll, I'll, I'll give those to you in a minute just in terms of the people who have stayed and the people who have left. But um, I had a church planner tell me uh, before I planted, and Dan, you remember this, he said, Bef- just expect complete turnover of your core group within a year. And I was like, okay, all right, that, I, I'll take that with a grain of salt, thank you. It was, it was, he had been planting for several years. Uh, now, it hasn't happened like that, and not that fast, but I, I'm taking it more seriously now, you know? Um, we have had uh, quite a few people leave for, for various reasons, and that's, that's difficult. I, I didn't think it would happen um, as, as quickly as it did, some within the first year leaving. And that's, uh, that's hard, especially when you're, you're all pouring in so much to this effort, and then now it's going to be, there's going to be more work on top of fewer people. Um, so I didn't expect it to be that quick. Uh, that was, so that was, that was hard. Um, but one of the things that you asked, uh, Keith, is, is the disheartening things. How has the Lord encouraged and sustained you through those, uh, those occasions of disheartening? I think it was a great question. I'm glad you asked it. Because uh, one of the things that has sustained me personally through those in particular, uh, those, those trials in particular, people leaving, is 
um, the definition of what true success is that we find in the scriptures. It's not, it's not people in the pews. It's not money in the bank. It's not building, uh, buildings on the property. That's not what God calls success. What God calls success is, are you faithful to obey him? Are you faithful to exalt Christ? Are you faithful to love his bride? And if you're faithful to do those things, then people may come and people may go. The Lord will build his church, and you can trust him to do that. Put yourself in the way of faithfulness, according to the scriptures, and trust God. And that has been something that sustained me in thinking about what God really says success is. It's not what the world says it is. And we tend to um, ask questions. Um, Tim Challies had a blog post uh, a number of years ago that just stuck with me. He said, can we stop asking uh, each other how many people go to our churches? Like, the first, the first thing we ask, like, it's like, oh, you go to that church. How many people are you running there? You know, how many, how many people on a Sunday morning? And that's the first question we ask. Like, that's the definition of success. When we should be asking questions that are more consistent with what the Bible says success is. Like, tell me, tell me one thing that you're, you're most excited about um, in terms of spiritual growth in your church. What, what's God doing in your church right now that really makes you passionate about his glory? Uh, t- tell me, uh, who's coming to Christ? You know, th- these kind of spiritual questions that we should be asking each other. Well, what, what is God doing to deepen your body of believers? Those are the kind of questions we should be asking one another because those are consistent with what God says true success is in a church. And that's, that's been uh, helpful. We, we had a, I preached a sermon the first Sunday um, in our karate studio. We preached a message on true success, and then we did it again like two years later just to refresh our people um, so that we would continue to be uh, encouraged in the journey as we seek to be faithful. Good. Thank you. And thank you for bringing that up. Do, do either of you want to add anything that's been... Um, a little bit different of an angle of just generally speaking of challenges, but anything that's been disheartening or discouraging, and also how the Lord has sustained you, comforted you, motivated you to keep going through that. So one for me is we often have visitors. Um, Sometimes they come and they visit for a long time. Um, There's been several times where they've came and visited for several months, and then ended up leaving for various reasons. Um, so while it's hard to lose members, certainly it's also can be disheartening when uh, new people come and it, you want to start to turn inward and like, oh, what are we doing wrong? Did we not were we not friendly enough? Did we did we not have enough opportunity for them? Those types of things. And so the the encouragement there is just to continue entrusting your work to the Lord that uh, that He is building His church, as as you said, and uh, you know just keep being faithful. Um, keep seeking to love. I, I think in those opportunities, it's a good chance for us to ask qu- those questions, like are there things we could be doing differently or or, or maybe some changes we need to make, but um, this, at the end of the day, that we keep entrusting ourselves uh, to the Lord and, and trust that He's doing that work. That's good. Um, mine is the same. Um, the disheartening thing that sticks out the most is just when people leave because you feel like you've been through something together do you feel like that should count for something and it's hard to not take it personally um even though for some of the families that left it wasn't personal we i understood their reasons but it's still difficult um but like they have already said to just remember god is building his church he's not building carrie's church and who i want to be there or don't want to be there it's his church that he's building and if he removes someone from our body it's because he doesn't want to use them as building blocks. He wants to use them somewhere else. And to 
tr- just trust him and know because you know we pray for unity within our body we pray for a pure church we pray for um, a holy church that is after his own heart and if he chooses to remove someone he gives and takes away so if he's cho- chosen to remove someone to trust him and to just know well that's because that's not the family that's best for us even though it can really hurt um but i will say just from again this is just me personally the lord every time a family has left um there has been a a piece about it um where i i can see or looking back i can see that it it was the right thing however painful um but it's it's just hard to not feel abandoned like what do you mean you're leaving we're We've done something together. We've built something together, and you know we're not leaving. So why do you why do you want to go? But um, again, just to remember that it it's the Lord's church, and it, it's hard to then not want to put your guard up. Like some new people come, and you're like, oh, okay, I can't get close to you because I've seen what happens when I do. You don't get that option. Um, you can't take it personally, but you have to be personal. You have to pour into each other. It's commanded. It's the one another commandments. You you have to think of others as high, more high, highly than yourself. You you have to pour in. You have to love people. You have to give and give and give of yourself. And then when they leave, you trust the Lord with it. But you can't just say, well, then I'm going to be guarded or I'm not going to get close to people or I'm just not going to work that hard because look where it got me. I worked hard and then they left. Well, the Lord has those people in your life for a reason, for the amount of time that he has them in your life, and you have to obey and, and pour into them regardless of what you think the future will or will not hold. And so um, I, would just, I would just say to not let yourself think that it's a waste of time if I pour into somebody, because it's not. The Lord uses all things, and you're working for him ultimately anyway. And so if you're working heartily as unto him, then none of that is in vain. And none of that time that you poured into those people is, is wasted, even though you're, you're tempted to think that. And to just realize, well, this is who I have in front of me now, and I'm going to love as fiercely as possible and trust him with the future of it. That's good. Thank you. <clears throat> um, so I have a couple of questions here specifically about the time of preparation for the church plant. I'm going to skip those, and I'll ask you that, you guys those later. Maybe privately, I'll share the answers with the core group who's really, um, after we have that, people who are committed, what, what would they say to us in this time of preparation? Because um, we're running out of time, and there are a couple that I especially want to get to. Uh, because there are several people in this room who are undecided currently about whether or not they should be a part of Christ Fellowship Bible Church, which is the name of our church plant, by the way. Um, And what words of counsel would you offer to those people who are trying to think through that decision right now? Um, How would you help them think through whether or not they should go or stay? Any words of warning or encouragement or anything along those lines? I would say, um, first of all, that when you... When you take risks for the Lord, you get to see him work in more obvious ways. Um, when we don't take risks, then we're, uh, we're putting ourselves in a safe environment. And we don't need to trust the Holy Spirit to, to walk in faithfulness. We're just going to trust the, the boundaries that we've placed ourselves in. What's, what feels comfortable, what feels convenient, um, we're going to stay there. But when we step out and do something that's challenging for the Lord, um, it's hard, but you're 
trusting his grace, you're trusting the spirit, and you get to see him enable you and empower you in ways that you wouldn't otherwise. And that's a beautiful reality. Like kind of what Carrie was saying, that people's gifts emerging, you know, that's, I think that's part of it. Um, they wouldn't have known that they could do those things if they weren't put in a position where we said, you know, we've only got so many people here. Um, why don't you try it out? Um, you can kind of, in a bigger church, you can kind of stay in your pocket and you can stay there for a long time if you want to. But you have to, you know, you have to be willing to do things that maybe aren't your favorite. And maybe you would find out that the Lord has gifted you in a way that you had no idea about because you get to serve in a capacity that you're not used to. Um, and so taking a risk, first of all, you have to, uh, you're going to get to see the grace of God more clearly. But you're also um, going to, uh, you're going to be used by the Lord. And one of the scriptures that uh, has been dear to me over the years has been 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Which means that God doesn't waste anything you do as long as it's in him. It's in the Lord. He's not going to waste it. He's going to put it to work. As small as it may be, you may not, no one may see it except for the Lord. Um, but he's going to use it for his purposes. And when we take a risk like that for, for Jesus, we do something hard for the Great Commission, for his glory. Um, we are also saying he's worth it. You're, you're worth the sacrifice. You're worth, worth the risk. Um, I'm not in this life for comfort. I'm in this life so that you may be exalted. And, um, and so just think about the fact that you will see his grace more clearly. You'll be used by him. Um, he won't waste your efforts. And you'll communicate to your Lord that you believe he's worth the sacrifice. Good. So I would just add, um, pray for humility on either side, or in, even if you're in the middle. Um, the reality is uh, we, can, we can just close ourselves off to things because we think we've got too much going on in a certain area of life, or we, we can approach something and not even consider it because it's just not even on our radar. Um, but it may be that the Lord would have someone who's considering going stay here and, and uh, continue the work that's going on at CBC. Uh, it may be that you haven't even thought about it yet, but the Lord will use you in a powerful way at Christ Fellowship. That was sort of our story. The, the church plant wasn't even really on our radar uh, when we were approached. Um, and yeah, it requires, uh, I think, humility to say, we're willing to do whatever you would have us do. Um, and that was kind of, by God's grace, uh, our attitude as we came and we talked about it. And I would say the second piece is uh, talk to others, ask questions, ask for insight from you and the elders. And... Um, just look for that affirmation. Should I, should I go? Should I consider this? Or should I stay right where I'm at and continue the work the Lord has for me here? Um, because there's much work to be done mm -hmm. here and at Christ Fellowship. So, good. Yeah, that was definitely one of the blessings is that when we left, we were also praying for you all and to see the Lord raise up new leaders that took Brent's place and that took my place in Sunday school and that helped to fill all the gaps of what Living Hope left. Um, that was great. And, you know, it's not sinful to want to stay behind and continue um, growing God's people here. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic, I think, than, than, than they were. Not pessimistic, that's not the right word. Um, warning, I guess. And we've already talked about it. Um, but just be ready to be busy. So think about your job now. Um, because all of you except one 
has another job. You know, this is going to be Keith's job. This is Brent's job. So we live and breathe the church. We don't have another life that we have to think about necessarily. Um, but all of you have jobs. You have extended family. You have um, things going on in all of your circles everywhere. So think about how busy you are in all of those circles. And then add, that's not going away. You're not going to get less busy at work. You're not going to get less busy um, in your family or your extended family or all the ways in which you're pulled and all the directions you have to go now, that's all going to stay the same. And then you're going to have the busyness of church plant on top of that. So be ready for your church calendar and your personal calendar to just explode. Um, so if you are a person that doesn't like to see a lot of things on the calendar, or if you are the kind of person that gets a little stressed out, if there's more than three things on the calendar, I'm not saying don't go. Maybe I'm saying raise your tolerance level a little bit for a full calendar because it does, I think explode is the right word. Um, it, it does, there's just so much to do, especially at the beginning. It is much better now. We're in year four. It, it is better now. But um, at the beginning, I mean, you're hightailing it a lot of the time. So, um, and, and if, you, if you have a personal life that, or a, your walk with the Lord is, is somewhat unstable, or if you're in a hard place, um, maybe with something else that's going on in your life, um, maybe consider whether or not church planting is the best because the church itself is going to be unstable. So if you come to the church plant and you are already unstable because your walk with the Lord isn't where it needs to be, or if you have a sin issue in your heart that you know that the Lord is wanting you to address or deal with or an extended family member, um, to just consider what that would do for the church, because like Brent said, the, the ripple effect is just so much tighter that we feel each other's burdens so much more. So I know it's hard to some degree to know the future or know what the Lord's going to do in your family or know what's going to happen in your own personal walk, but as far as you can know, um, maybe diagnose your, your spiritual health before you step out on this huge journey. That's a good word. <clears throat> All right, um, I'm about to open the floor for just a few questions, um, but before I do that, and, and then after I take three or four questions, um, this is not your only chance to ask them questions. You can also do that, you know, without 200 people around you, so uh, keep that in mind. You know, ask, if you have a question you think that would be a blessing to everyone to, to hear, then uh, please do ask that in just a second. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to ask you to share ways that we can pray for living hope. And so I say all that to say, is there anything you want to say before we do those things? Speak now anything, or forever. Anything? <laughs> all right, let's take questions, actually. <laughs> all right. Uh, and, okay. Right. Wait, let, let's, this is being recorded, so Josh is going to yeah, see, we have a man that runs around with a microphone, isn't that? Like, where do you get those? And Brent, um, you and Ryan can share. In what ways did you lean on Calvary Bible Church? And what advice do you have for Keith um, working with Bible, uh, Calvary Bible Church moving forward? It's good. Thank you. Um, so can you say the, one, the first part? I didn't get the first part, Brian. Sorry. In what ways? In what ways did you lean on Calvary Bible Church? whenever he did a church plant. Great. So the, the way that uh, we did things was uh, Les and I were elders, and we leaned on 
the elders of Calvary to be like our third elder in, in issues and decisions we had to make that were outside of policy, precedent, and procedure that had already been established here at Calvary. And so they were kind of like a, a third elder to us for, um, for, for the first year and a half before Ryan came on um, after we'd been out the, I think it was like 18 months that we'd been out there as a church plant. But that's kind of the formal way. But the informal way is that um, I call Dan all the time, okay? <laughs> and he picks up the phone, which is just a, the grace of God. He a- answers, my, um, answers my calls and gives me counsel on a regular basis um, because I, I need to know how do I take this next step in this counseling case? Or there's this, there's this issue here. We've got some conflict. Uh, help me think through this. Let me bounce this off of you. I'm, we're struggling here in this issue. So uh, I've been on the phone having uh, great and sometimes heavy conversations with Dan many times. And so uh, I, would, I would tell you, Keith, keep that up. Keep that relationship strong. And, um, and between, between you and Dan and other people in the church as well, um, we, we love our, our sending church. And we have been blessed by you. I, that's one of the things I wanted to communicate tonight is that um, we, we know that you're praying for us. We've felt not only the prayers, but there's been financial gifts that you've, you've given us. We have our hymnals because you guys uh, paid for those hymnals. We have our building because you gave a huge chunk of that money for uh, that building. So we, we understand that there's those things that's coming from this, this body of believers and, and also counsel and relationships. Uh, I know that I can come back to this church and I can have fellowship every time I walk into the building. And if I'm back here for a conference, if I'm back here to have lunch with somebody, uh, I know I'm going to be blessed. I know I'm going to be edified and encouraged by the people here at this church. And so um, I, I tell people when they come to visit Living Hope Bible Church um, that we have a sending church. And I, I want to make sure that, I, that, that this church stays tied into our sending church because we don't want, to, want anyone to think that we think we have a corner on ministry at Living Hope. We want, to know, want people to know that we uh, have a sending church that's, that's healthy, that we love, that they love us, and there's a, a relationship there because we're, we don't want to stand by ourselves. We understand that we're sinners. We are not uh, infallible. We are fallible people, and so we need the help of other Christians who have experience and wisdom and who know the Word of God and stand on it faithfully. And so uh, I I continue to want that relationship between our church and Calvary uh, to be there and to grow even stronger for that very reason and with Christ Fellowship as well. That's good. Dan, do you have a question? Speaking of, Dan? No. Okay, he's just standing. Anyone else? Okay. Well, can you share with us, how can we pray for Living Hope Bible Church? What are some ways? Um, Thank you. I think, um, let's just think about the continued work that's there for us to to do, um, that we would have the resources that we need. God has provided so many resources, Brent just alluded to. we're asking, we, we need more. We need more help. Um, children's ministry workers in particular. Um, it's blessed with so many kids. That requires a lot of help. So uh, pray that we would have that. And then pray that uh, our unity would be in Christ. Um, that we would truly seek to outdo one another in showing honor to each other. Um, as we go through, you know, growing pains and conflict and um, working around, you know, making changes to our scheduling and all that sort of stuff, that we would 
um, just be kind and gracious um, to one another uh, and, and show the love of Christ to each other in that way. And I, I would say, too, uh, that our love for Christ and his church would deepen, that we would know him um, so that our motivation would be his character and his love and his work on the cross so that the work that we're doing we wouldn't see as drudgery but we would see it as um, a huge immense blessing that we get to serve by sacrificing our our conveniences and our comforts for him in this task that uh the, the commandments wouldn't be burdensome because we know what we've been given in Christ. And to, to know him more becomes a stronger motivation for us to serve him more. Uh, so pray for that among us all. Yeah. Carry on. Um, yeah, pray for, for, for God to grow his church. Um, preferably, like I said, with, with older saints that are mature in the faith. Um, that's something that's just, that is definitely um, near to my heart. Something that I am really hoping that the Lord provides. Um, and yeah, childcare workers. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that again because that's you know. But I think that's a problem at every church, isn't it? Like I was gonna we say, just, y'all can pray for I us mean, for that too. <laughs> we, I mean, we Calvary. All, yeah, so we all just have everyone. so many kids. Um, so and, and everyone's working so hard. It's not that we have people that aren't. Everyone's working so hard. Um, so yeah, and and the salvation of all those kids. We have we do have a lot of children that are hearing the gospel. And I know you do too, um, on a regular basis. And so it would be it would be a joy to see um, the children um, come to salvation, especially as so many of them are, are getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's good. Last thing I'll say before we close in prayer, and I pray for some of these things, is um, it's possible that the Lord, as you hear uh, these. Brothers and this sister speak that the Lord might be stirring your heart to consider um, partnering with Living Hope in Mansfield. And uh, if the Lord is stirring you in that way, I, I encourage you to uh, the, follow the counsel they gave about if you're undecided about whether to go on Christ Fellowship. Um, talk to other people about that. Certainly pray about that. Um, some of you also, maybe the Lord uh, might be, uh, have put a desire in your heart to bless them in some way. Please do. Come up to them if you have that desire and say, I want to bless you. I want to help you. Um, Is there anything I can do uh, to bless Living Hope Bible Church? I'm ready to sacrifice in this or that way. Um, So uh, we are really grateful that you guys came and you've really helped us quite a bit uh, with the wisdom that God has given you. So we're going to pray for them now and for us. And let's stand as we close. God, we thank you for Ryan and Brent, and Carrie. God, we thank you for the ways that you have done a work of grace in their hearts that they want to sacrifice for you, that they do count it uh, worthy to lay aside comforts and conveniences um, in relationships and even mentors uh, to be willing to pursue obedience to the Great Commission. God, I do pray, as Brent asked, that you would purify their motives and the motives of the members of their church even more uh, that they would rejoice and, and not just do the work uh, because it's there and they have to do it, but they would rejoice to do this work of, of um, local church ministry uh, because um, they get to know you better and because it's for your glory uh, as a result. 
God, we do pray for the practical needs that they have. We pray that you would send them uh, older saints. We pray that you would send them more eager people to work in the children's ministry. God, we pray that you would provide for all of their needs. Uh, thank you for how you've done that already in really um, amazing ways, like the, the testimony we heard about the building. God, we pray, um, as Ryan requested, that you would give them grace to continue to outdo one another in showing honor, help them to excel more and more and abound in love for one another. And I pray that their unity would not just be in working hard together, but their unity really would be in Christ and a a shared commitment for Him. God, I pray uh, for the people in this room who are deciding whether or not they should leave Calvary Bible Church, uh, which is uh, so serious to even, to even hear those words come out of my mouth. I pray that you would help these dear saints uh, to consider, to count the cost rightly, and, and I pray that no matter whether people stay or go, I pray that you would give them grace to work hard for the sake of Christ, and whether they stay or go, I pray that you would uh, help them to want to live and take risks uh, for the sake of the name of Christ and, this, and the, for the sake of seeing people grow as disciples and be made as disciples. God, we thank you for the truth that uh, Jesus is building his church and that the gates of Hades will not stand against it. Um, this is why we're doing this, uh, because you've commanded us to it and you've given us a strong promise, assuring us that if we're faithful, whatever you want us to accomplish will be accomplished. And no matter how impressive that looks to other people, it's worth it, God, and help us to be faithful to you to that end. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Please do come up and express your uh, gratitude uh, to these for spending so much time with us and to preparing so well.